What if you could build a business in the modern world as big or as small as you want without having to compromise the things that were the most important to you in the very beginning? This is the Wealthy Consultant Talks podcast with Taylor Welch and Mike Walker, as they share with you today their learning lessons from stories in their experiences over the past 10 to 15 years and share with you right here, right now. Let's get into it. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to an episode of TWC Talks. Taylor Welch here. We have Mike Walker, the infamous master Yo. of steel. Master of steel, dude. That's that's you. I don't know why, but it seems fitting. It seems fitting. I'll take it. Is that the S on my chest then that I wear all the time, huh? That's for steel. Exactly. Exactly. Got it. Got it. Um, You are, you know, Mike is a a little bit of a of a Superman, I would say. Uh, So you could get away with that. The amount of stuff that you juggle on a daily basis is uh, is is insane. We're talking today appropriately about how to deal with overwhelm in your business. Now, I'm going to just go right out on the front and lead with this. If you are not experiencing overwhelm, at least to some degree in your business, it likely means your business is small or doesn't exist or there's something wrong with you. It's like imposter syndrome, right? The only people who don't deal with imposter syndromes are like psychopaths and um, crazy people. There's an element to this of when you build something, if it's being built at full steam, you are going to battle at times this feeling of overwhelm. So it's normal. There's nothing wrong with you. Be patient with yourself to a degree. And this episode, I think, is going to be incredibly helpful to give you some of our tools, frameworks, and perspectives on how do you battle through overwhelm and how do you use it to your advantage? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think and one of the first things that comes to mind when we, when we discussed, you know, bringing up this topic for this episode was just knowing that the feeling of overwhelm, just expect it. If you are pursuing, you know, higher levels in your business, in your life, et cetera, don't go into like, Whoa, what is this? What's this weird feeling? No, just say, Oh, there it is. I knew this was going to come great. Just acknowledge it. Don't be surprised by it. that alone. Just, just being okay with the fact that, yeah, that's one of, this is one of those times and just being okay with it. That alone can eliminate a lot of the, the stress and the, the mental gymnastics that's going on between the years, you know? Yeah, I was, I, just recorded a video for um, my personal YouTube that the team is uploading tomorrow. And it's about basically dealing with the mental blocks of resistance. And uh, one of the things was to develop a, of course, or make sense attitude when things show up and they sort of try to kill you or they try to slow you down. Like they're uh, because of how many clients we've had I and mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of humans have like, come through and we've built their brands with them. I have seen firsthand a predictable pattern. Someone will make a decision. I'm going to level up here. I'm going to move forward here. I'm going to build my business here. I'm I'm not, everybody hits this moment where it's I'm who I am and how I'm living is no longer acceptable. I have to change. They make this decision to change. And then this blowback effect happens where it's like the world, the God, the universe, whatever you get challenged. And Mm -hmm. the commitment that I've 
caution students and clients to make is don't take this as like some sign that you shouldn't be growing. Just be like, of course it makes sense. I made a decision. Now I'm being tested. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like go in the gym and then being surprised that you're sore the next day. It's like, no, you're, you're going to feel this. And to your point, when we at the top of this call, like <laughs> if you don't feel it, then you're not obviously you're just standing around the gym, but you're not actually lifting the weights, you know? Yep. hundred percent. So you have written here some of the signs of overwhelm. We can get into that just to make sure that people understand what's actually happening when they feel this way. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I mean, you've got to know the signs you've got, you can't fix something if you don't even know it's broke in the first place. So uh, lack of focus, um, increased stress and decreased productivity. Um, I find that that decreased productivity element is kind of ironic because a lot of times when people feel overwhelmed, they speed things up. They start moving faster and doing more things and thinking that that's somehow going to help. And yet, um, they're confusing that activity with productivity. And so it's in oftentimes as cliche as it may sound to say, sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. And, uh, you and I were jamming on that even, uh, last night about the, you know, is what I'm doing the actual most productive, highest lever activity that I can be doing right now. So slowing down to speed up is, is a good place to start. Yeah. Was, there's a, uh, an author who's a, a, a genius author. His name is Dr. Ben Hardy. He's written a lot of books. Personality isn't permanent. Willpower doesn't work. The gap in the gain. Him and Dan Sullivan are writing a lot of books together. And his most recent book is called 10X is easier than 2X. And it's one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. He sent me an advanced copy. He's like, what do you think about this? Wow. And I said, dude, this... I So I just bought 300 copies for team partners. I was like, you can't partner with me if you don't read this book. It can't work for me if you don't read this book. Like, it's it's one of the best things I've ever read. And we were talking about this last night. Is like, people who are focused on, like, just linear, short, optimal, like, optimization type growth... It's actually harder to do that, and it involves more overwhelm than if you get into this 10x. Like the the person you have to become to grow something 10x is different. You have to become a different person, and that's what we were talking about last night. Was like you know, people spend so much time in the weeds doing, 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 doing. But if they would just stop for a minute and think, what has to be true for me to go 10x in this situation and work half the hours? This is like a constraints-based thinking. So you can study Keith Cunningham, mm -hmm. to who kind of pioneered this. You know what needs to be true about my skill set, about my time management, about you know my intellect, for me to triple my income while cutting my working hours in half. And you start asking yourself these questions, which requires deep thinking. And what you do is you slow down so that you can think through. And then when you implement the answers, your life goes up in speed, but it decreases in effort. And this is really intense on the front end. This is why when clients come in and work with us, some of them love it, some of them hate it. You know, the people who uh, who understand what we're doing, they're like, this is amazing. I just had to answer, I just go through a hundred documents and then, you know, it's not that bad, but it, it can be overwhelming because yeah. they're having to go through, what do you want? How do we get there faster? How do we get there easier? How do we get there in a way that, actually gives you back your time and it starts on a front-loaded level of thinking through your life your problems and your outcomes rather than doing through you know it's a really interesting paradox mm. i love it i love it yeah part of that process of slowing down i found for me just 
from a tactical standpoint, I guess, would be getting everything out of my head. You know, I find that if it's just in my mind, that can really get things um, cloudy. So what I, my little strategy there is just to spend 30, 60 minutes, whatever it takes to do nothing but just pen to paper, no other distractions and just everything that is on mind, get it out and on paper, just full flow of consciousness, just get it out so that I can then take it from the ether of thought to something physical, tangible that I can actually look at, hold, scratch out, whatever I got to do that practice alone as well is a really good um, building block for sure. Do you use actual paper for that or do you use an iPad or what do you do? I like paper at first. Um, I find I just like to get it out, scribble it around. And then from there, I kind of have a secondary process. You know, me and my systems, man, I move it over to something a little bit more formatted into a more prioritized format. Yeah. Um, you know, urgent to highest lever, et cetera. Yeah. So I use, um, I use a tool called day one for this and, um, it can go on my iPad. It can be on a computer, iPhone, but I usually use my iPad on day one and I'm pretty consistent about every day. You know, I'm, I'm stream of consciousness into that. And, uh, this is a really good recipe because some, some people default to different things. Some people, when they feel overwhelmed, they feel fear. Some people, when they feel overwhelmed, they feel apathy um, so you knowing your personality is helpful too. Where do you default when stress hits you? How do you default? What comes out of you when you're, you're feeling like you have too much to do and not enough time, which by the way is a fallacy. Nobody ever has too much to do and not enough time. That's not, that's not realistic. When someone says they have too much to do and not enough time, it means that they're doing too many of the wrong things. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. You have plenty of time to yeah. do the right things. But if you fill up your time with the wrong things, you don't have time to do the right things. Anyway, that's an aside. But, you know, I go through this day one habit and it's phenomenal how you can go back and you can look through history and I can see I felt the same way the last time I grew a business. I felt this same way last Mm. spring. Maybe I'm getting triggered by something. I felt the same way last time I did X, Y, Z. And if you have this practice, you can develop pattern recognition, which is very useful Mm -hmm in dealing with overwhelm because a lot of us are not overwhelmed by new inputs. We're overwhelmed by the same things that keep repeating over and over in our lives. We're not aware of the attribution. And so we keep stumbling into them, you know, love that. That's solid, man. Day one. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Cool. All right. So you have three, three ways here, um, that you do very successfully because I watch you in your work. Uh, you take us through this and how you categorize the activities and this ties into the, the too much to do, not enough time. Yeah. So this is just like a mental filter that I like to review things. So once everything's out on paper or on pad, whatever it is that you're looking at, I instantly run all of those thoughts and tasks and priorities and to do's through these three filter keywords. And they're essentially delegate, automate and eliminate. One of my favorite words is eliminate. And a lot of people don't realize that one of the fastest ways that you can speed up, one of the things that you can do to really increase your path to profit, anything else that you're trying to achieve faster, better, whatever, is to eliminate, eliminate distractions, eliminate anything that isn't absolutely required to get you to that end result. So I always like to start with eliminate, just start crossing it out. Even if it's something good, you know, I think it was Steve Jobs that said success isn't about, or rather focus isn't about saying, you know, yes to 
all the right things and saying no to all the really good ideas that are out there. You know, you, you actually have to eliminate some of the really good ideas and narrow the focus. Um, so eliminate first. And then I start going, okay, well, what's left? Well, okay, here's, here's what's left. Then I go, well, who should be doing this? Is it actually me that should be doing this or should it be somebody else? Is there somebody better skilled, somebody that has more time, whatever it is, I like to delegate. And then with whatever's left after that, then I go, okay, could this be automated? Is there any way that I could create either a system or an automation to make this faster, easier, et cetera, et cetera. So those three keywords can really um, get a lot done on that list. And then whatever's left after that, now you go, okay, now I got to chew on the, on these few things. And usually those are your highest lever activities that you, you yourself should actually be the one to do. I'm going to add something to that if I can. Because I think this is Do uh, it, this is wonderful, uh, but I'll add ones. You have eliminate, get rid of them. They don't matter. Automate. Can they be done predictably and repeatably and automatically without your involvement? Delegate. Can someone else do them? Because if they can, they probably should. And I think a fourth one to add here is to iterate. Because there are certain mm. things that only you can do. You just need to get better and faster. And so, Mike, you see me coaching with our team a lot recently on we have to get we have to get better at this, which will make us faster. We're taking too much time here. We talked about the mm-hmm. story of the chess grandmaster versus the expert. You know, the better you get at something, the less resources and bandwidth and mental glucose it takes from you to do it. And uh, I'm writing a I'm writing this book right now with Jay, and um, I, I basically there's a section in it called, um, you know, building your perfect business plan. And I've broken the business plan down into four areas that need to be refined and built and planned for impact, income, investments, and iteration. And impact is the first, because that's where your vision statement comes in. Why are you doing this? And if, if the only reason somebody's in business is to make money, just go get a job somewhere, man. Like, there's so many ways yeah. that are easier to make money than becoming an entrepreneur. So much easier. <laughs> so much easier. Yeah. If you have a mission yeah. and impact, this is number one. Invest income is like your financial statements. It's income. It's the things that that pay you. It's how are you managing your money? Investments. These are the the balance sheets of the business. And then the fourth is iteration. These are the systems of the business. How the business optimizes. How people optimize their departments. Inner inner management layers and things like that. And so I believe that the first three eliminate, automate, delegate. Perfect. Can we add a fourth one for iteration? How do I make what only I can do that I'm the best in the world at doing? How can I make that activity effortless, seamless, and, uh, you know, speed it up so that it costs me less time and effort. Mm, Solid, man. Yeah. That's the next level right there. Really like that one. Now my filters are four. Excellent. There you go. I just complicated uh, your tactics, filters. tactics right. and tools. <laughs> no, I dig it, man. Good stuff. Uh, so here's um, another little segment that was in my brain about this topic, and that's uh, just the tactics and tools. And we, you know, you have some really cool um, elements here. So I'll let you speak to these these ones in particular that I've written down for us. Um, but these are these are the IP. These are the the things that we use internally here to to optimize and um, you know systematize what we're doing. Yeah, here's what we find in in working with people and business owners, small and large. I mean, we've had we have a couple of eight figure 
companies right now that are on our client roster and uh, they're, they're just doing the same work at a higher level. And when they come in and they start going through our models, they realize, Oh, it's the mistake I've made is thinking that I can get to eight and nine figures by just doing more of the same work, but it's actually completely different work and it's a completely yeah. different way of thinking. And so the, one of the first things we do with, with clientele is, where in your world are you having blocks and obstacles? Because everybody sort of intuitively uh, defaults to like this almost excuse making or like, I don't know something or there's a secret that someone else has, or they just got lucky or whatever. And it's like humans are masterful at justification. And we're masterful at it. Like I'm only doing a hundred grand a year and here's why well, president Biden. no, no. That has nothing to do with your income. Nothing. It's just an easy target, you know? And so right. yeah. we've got to first and foremost get somebody, and I call this, I call this enemy versus ally. We've got to take someone from time, the natural linear Newtonian progression of time. We have to turn that from an enemy to an ally. So here's a question to ask. And I haven't even, I'm not even getting into the model. I'm just setting it up. If you fell asleep for 20 years, they put you on ice and in a warehouse and you just fell asleep for 20 years, would you wake up with more money and more assets and more business and a better reputation? Or would you wake up and everything you had built is gone? Well, that's like, you can say that's an impossible question, Taylor. Like, what are you talking about? Well, yes, the best inventions come from impossible questions. So just get used to asking those questions because that's where innovation comes from. We want to take this approach that time is our friend. The, the passage of time makes us safer, stronger. If you turned off sales tomorrow in your business, is your business model set up in a way that you can go three years, nine years, 15 years without making another sale? And no, I'm not talking about cash on hand because that's dumb. Like having $800 million of cash on hand in most cases doesn't make any sense. I'm talking about how is the model of your life and your business set up? And one of the ways that we kind of crack this code, so to speak, is we get very specific and intentional about where the time is being invested. Time is just a resource that can be your best friend or your worst enemy. And so we have this time map we go through. It's got blocking and tackling. And we line up, okay, business owner, this is what you say you want. And let's pull up this report. We pull it up. This is where your time is being invested. And what, what people always see is that the story they're telling with their mouth and the story they're telling with their calendar are arguing and conflicting with each other. And no wonder they're spinning in circles because they're saying, I want a million dollars a year. I want $10 million a year. I want a hundred million dollars a year. And they are spending all of their time in meetings or context switching or doing things that are on your list. They should be eliminated, automated or delegated, or they just need to do faster and so I had a point probably in 2018, we had a couple hundred uh, different clients on retainer. We were about to cross over the hundred staff member mark where I was just like, I cannot continue operating as if I'm a seven figure business. If I'm going to get to eight figures and nine figures, I must change how I invest my time. And that was a moment for me. We kind of created this. And then we get into the productivity frameworks, peak productivity. We use a, a SaaS, a really cool tool that you can use for this is a tool called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. No E, I don't think. No E. Um, no. And, and, you know, it'll track your time. And you just 
it really sucks for the first week because when you look at it, you're just like, wow, I'm a loser. <laughs> what did I even do? You know? Yeah. Well, what happened yeah. to my day? It'll yeah. make you mad. But the, the, the first step to greatness is dissatisfaction with something. And we have this all the time yeah. with sales calls. People will spend, people will spend the first 10, 15 minutes and, uh, you know, they're frustrated and they're like, I, I should be moving faster. I should be moving forward. I should be growing at a, at a higher clip. And it's like, that's a good thing that, that you're dissatisfied and discontent because when, when the quote is necessity is the mother of invention, everyone wants the invention, but nobody wants the necessity. And so we rob ourselves of the ability to move forward because we can't get ourselves to a place of, of uncomfort to move forward. That's a mouthful, but I'll stop there. But that's I think the tactical and the tools side of things is how we do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always starting with the calendar hundred percent. Like when we jump on those calls with clients coming into MDC, it's like, let's check out your calendar. Let's see where you're at. Cause yep. everything's built on top of that calendar, their business, their life, their every element of their entire existence is built on top of the use of that critical asset of time. So yeah, it's, it's the number one place to go in, in my opinion too. Yeah. Um, so here's the, the last one here that, that came to mind was the fact that, you know, our brains are computers and I don't know about you, Taylor, you'd speak to this. I know for me in the past, when I've gotten myself into overwhelm, I just feel like I'm overloaded, et cetera, et cetera. My tendency is to kind of just put the blinders on, work harder, grind through it. And at the sacrifice of some of the key fundamentals of the fact that our brains are wired in a way that need specific inputs and fuels water consumption for example as basic as that is like how's your water intake right now breathing just the act of breathing and controlling and kind of resetting your uh your mindfulness that way and then getting outside outdoor exercise getting some sun on you vitamin d all these things actually have you know a very real and uh tangible direct input um and impact on your uh state of being um, when we're talking about being, you know, the feeling of overwhelm. Yeah, I actually, I really, I track all of this. So I track, I track four things every day as a byproduct of sleep and uh, HRV and heart rate. So I track my, my, how much I sleep. I track my HRV and I track my heart rate. And the four things that I track that are metrics is my excitement, my awareness, these are first things in the morning. Excitement is when I wake up, am I excited about the day? And am I, am I excited about being alive? You know, like what's my excitement level? And then my awareness is like, have you ever woken up and you're just like completely foggy and confused and you're like, what day is it? That would be a low awareness. Yeah. But then occasionally we'll wake up and be like, I have just this, this massive idea as soon as I woke up and my subconscious has delivered to me something wonderful. And that's high awareness. So I rate my awareness and I rate my my excitement because I want to optimize for these things. I want to wake up excited and I want to wake up aware. And then at the end of the day, I rate my happiness, overall satisfaction with that day. And I rate my production. How productive was I? And here's what I found in terms of correlation. My hap- my happiness at the end of the day is always paired with my production. The more productive I am, the more happy I am. If I'm busy spinning out in meetings, I am unhappy and I am a negative if I sit yeah. and I get my work done and I am moving the needle, I'm happy. Human beings are happy when we're naturally productive. And then in the morning, I've noticed that both metrics, the 
excitement and the awareness have more to do with the duration of sleep and the time I go to sleep. It's less to do with when I wake up and it's more to do with when I go to sleep. And so when people always ask me about productivity and and it's like, you know, your biology is a real big piece of your productivity and um, people ignore the little things and they ignore water consumption. They ignore sunlight. They ignore what time they go to bed. But if you can go to bed at the same time every night, within reason, I've got two kids, one of them, one of them's eight weeks old. And this is like, Sometimes I'm not going. I'm not going to bed at the same time. Sure, yeah. there will always be. Yeah, yeah. Life is like you're feeding him, and I'm like, okay, yes, ma'am, we'll do it. But within reason, yeah. if you can optimize the time you go to bed, the length of your sleep, it's amazing how these things. Because you have water breathing, outdoor exercise, but you don't have sleep on here, and sleep's like the number one thing. If you want to live longer, you should yeah. sleep more. That's it. That's that's the the holy grail. Nootropic is just get more sleep, but people don't do it. It's fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about that the last uh, fly in there at NBC, you know, that, that whole grind culture that was, I think probably getting a little bit debunked. Now I don't see it nearly as much as, as I used to say five, 10 years ago, but that whole, you know, grind 24 seven, no sleep club, you know, all the, all the, all the slogans. I think people have learned it. Yeah. That doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. 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 I used to say that, man. Oh, I'll get plenty of sleep when I'm dead. You know, it's like, yeah. Okay. That's a <laughs> taking a long walk on a short pier. Yep. hundred percent. Cool, man. This is a good one. Love it, man. Love it. So yeah, as recap guys, uh, one of my favorite questions to ask myself, what's the most important highest leverage thing I can do right now in this moment when you're feeling overwhelmed, you don't need to do them all at once just focus on the very next step. When you climb Everest, you look at the top, you see where you're going, but then what do you do? You put your head down and you just look at the very next step. That's all you're focused on. Yep. Making sure that very first step, that next step is as effective and safe and, and, uh, productive as possible. So awesome, man. This was a fun one. I appreciate you and, uh, look forward to, uh, jumping on, on the next one. Let's go. See you guys. Bye. All right. See you guys. 